Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Well, praise the Lord, you may be seated. Now, this is, uh, I, I sang rock and roll and uh, had a band called Mike Lighton and the Strawberry Cream in the 70s. So I'm, I'm a little bit mixed up. You know, I'm a little bit country, I'm a little bit rock and roll, but I'm a whole lot Jesus. How about you? Had a friend give me 10 songs to record and told me that I was a country singer and I need to sing country style gospel and because I'm a Marine begin to write country uh, style patriot songs and, and uh, they went to the top of the charts and changed my life and I had promoters from Nashville begin to call me because I knocked Jesus take the wheel out of top position and took number one well I said that to say this they asked me who who's your promoter I said I Capital G-O-D. They said, who are you? I said, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. They said, no way. I've said all that to say this, not to brag. I just want you to know that God will bring who you are out if you give God everything. Amen. I'm going to sing, first of all, the song that, that got it all started. I think you'll like it. It's a little bit blue. Always like to look at the crowd in church on Sunday morning when that takes off. This ain't no house of the blues. It's a house of good news. It ain't no place to break down. It's a place to break through. This ain't no place for doubt. It's a place to sing and shout So get out of your pew Put on your dancing shoes It's a house of the blue Lay your burden down Hey, crank the music loud Forget about your hurt And let's have some church Cause when your praise goes up the glory will come down Lay aside your fear Dry your tears God's gonna turn it around This ain't no house of the blue It's a house of the new It ain't no place to break down It's a place to break through This ain't no place for down it's a place to sing and shout So get out of your pew Put on your dancing shoes This ain't no house of the blue I'll tell you when God reaches down In the smoke-filled bar room and touches you Brings you to the house of God Gives you a brand new life Takes hell out of your soul Puts joy down in there We ought to be a church to give God some praise on a Sunday morning. Would you say amen? I'm not about to rejoice when I was in the world and dance and lose my dance when I found him. Come on. Your world's falling apart. You got a broken heart. Well, you're in the right place to find mercy and grace. Cause it's a miracle man And one touch from his hand Can take away your pain So in Jesus' name Just stake your claim This ain't no house of the blues It's a house of good news It ain't no place to break down It's a place to break through this ain't no place for now. It's a place to sing and shout. 
so get out of the queue. Put on your dancing shoes, this ain't no house of the queue. Get out of the queue, put on your dancing shoes. Cause this ain't no house of the blues. There ain't no house. against the rules and the count you out you gotta dig down deep and fight another round turn another stone dig another well climb another mountain cause you never can tell what's around the bend when you keep moving on When you're down on your luck, get back up, turn another stone. Tough times don't last, tough people do. When things break down, you gotta break through. There's gonna be some heartache, there's gonna be some pain, there's always some. After the rain So turn another stone Dig another well Climb another mountain Cause you never can tell What's around the bend When you keep moving on When you're down on your luck Get back up Turn another stone Turn another stone, dig another well, climb another mountain, cause you never can tell what's around the bend when you keep moving on. When you're down on your love, get back up, turn another stone. When you're down on your love, Get back up, turn another stone. I recorded that because my little grandmother was just a young mother with a 10-year-old boy and an eight-year-old boy and a five-year-old boy and a baby when my grandfather walked out on her. My daddy was only five. He never saw his mother, his daddy again until he was 17. In the depression, he was left alone. But my little grandmother had sayings. And I'm, I wrote some songs about her tonight. I'll, I'll sing those for you. And I'm going to turn loose tonight on Memorial. Is that all right? We'll do some veterans things. And, and I want to do that because a lot of our ministry is raising money for PTSD and going from base to base. And that's what I'll eventually do. I've pastored 30 years. And, Maybe another year I'll turn the church over to my son and he and I is going to go back. We've got a brand new RV and brand new truck on purpose. In our time, 64 years old, it's time to slow down. Not on your life, buddy. They're giving our soldiers drugs for PTSD. They're giving them counsel, but they're not giving them Jesus. And we're going to go right on there in the name of the Lord. I've had people try to hook me up with the, the entertainment like Bob Hope was hooked up with and that they go over and they entertain the troops and I could go over and I could sing my little songs but I turned that down you know why because I can't preach Jesus I want to be able to get the songs in and the songs will get me in like I will be at the Naval Air Base uh, Friday and I'll be singing and, and ministering to 3,500 airmen and all the good news is it was the, the generals that asked me to come because the generals were touched last year when I when I was there, 
And the good news is you can mention Jesus now on base. Amen. And, uh, and so I, I, uh, I'm going to take the gospel of them. And, and I'm, how many believe God's going to touch them? Right? Believe God with me strongly. And, and I've got some songs that will touch them. Uh, but uh, I want to sing a song right now that uh, is number 14 in the nation right now. And uh, God gave me this song when I was, I was in my bed and I just woke up early, early in the morning sometimes. How many has ever been there when God wakes you up about four or five in the morning and you just have to go spend time with him? If you haven't done that, you're missing something. You need to ask God to wake you up. David said for a reason that, that I, I meditate on my pillow. I think about the Lord on my pillow. Some of the best church I've ever had has been laying on my pillow. And when God begins to come in, I begin to think about how God, how good God has been to me. And I think about my, 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 my family. I think about my son standing in the pulpit for me today and preaching like a lion. And, and uh, my daughter is a great speaker that fills in for her mother's uh, uh, services and things of that nature. And, and for much some of my Wednesday night services when I'm gone. And I think about my grandchildren. Have you figured out why they call them grand? Because they're great. I love them. They own me. You know, I love my kids, but I would die for my grandkids. Amen. You know, they, 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 my, my kids are saying, Dad, you're, get, they're get, you're giving them all the good stuff. You know, you're putting their name on all the good stuff. And I said, yeah, <laughs> sorry. When I think about, about my children and my grandchildren, I think about my wife. I've, I've said, you know, fun, it's kind of a little funny thing that I always thought she was so blessed to have me for 47 years. But the truth is, she's been courageous. She stood with me through the thick and the thin. So many times we've held hands and we've got that big 35-foot fifth wheel on behind us and going down on that big diesel truck and we're going down the road and we're going through these little places that's so skull and crossbones. Somebody died here and somebody died there. Drive carefully and Travel sometimes six and 700 miles a day just to get to a place, get to a base where I can get in and preach Jesus Christ. And, and I think about the honor that God has given me. And I just come to the conclusion, God, you're just so good. You're just so good. I woke up that one morning, tears streaming down my face. This is my wife's favorite song. It just simply says, God, you're so good. Worship with me. I woke up this morning with you on my mind, thinking how you so loved me, you gave your life for mine. Right there in my bed, I raised my hands, your glory fell on. Driving down the highway 
My darling sat beside me with her hand in mine. All these years of marriage tempered by your sweet love, God, you're good. God, you're good. feel his presence in this house today, don't you? Man, he's so good. He sent me to Texas. I love Texas. If you ever leave the union, I'm going with you. I tell my people that and they look at me kind of funny when I say that. I say, well, he hasn't been to Texas then. Take your Bibles and stand with me. I have changed up the word this morning. I'm not going to preach what I preached in the last meeting. I was sitting out there at the, at the tape table and God came on me. And, and uh, there's someone here that needs this word today. And I always preach. I don't preach to the crowd. I don't preach to the crowd. I preach to the individual. But I know there's someone. And, and it might be. One of these young men right here today sitting, standing right here on the front second row. It might be a mother that has, has been discouraged. But I want to tell you something. God has a plan and God has a purpose for your life. And the devil is a lie. Everything that's not of God doesn't make any difference at all. Anything that's said about you in this world, on your job or in school or what people may say about you, a young man that was in court with, and they were about to kick him out of school. They asked him, said, why do you act good? Your pastor says you're a good young man at the youth group. We run 280 teenagers, run, run buses and all over the, that part of the country, and we bring in people and troubled kids. And he looked right at the principal, five of them in this big school, and said it's because of the way I'm treated at the art church. And they said, what do you mean? Said, what I feel at the art church, because when at the art church I'm somebody, but here at the school, I'm not treated like that, and I'm, I'm called names. doesn't make a difference what the school says about you, what anybody else says about you. It's what God says about you that counts. Would you shout amen? And God has raised insignificant people such as myself, a young man that went to the 10th grade, 10th grade dropout, went to the Marines and had to get my education the hard way, uh, went through every kind of thing, got thrown into motivation in in the Marines, and, and, and it's not the brig, but it's someplace to make you want to die, uh, pray to die, one of those kind of things. And, and I, I had all, the, all of my life, I had to go through the school of hard knocks because of my decisions. And everything that I decided was really against the plan of God, but God can take a 10th grade dropout, and God can not only get you an education, but God can help you ace college, college tests, and God can put you in a position to speak to thousands of people. And God can put you in a position to be a, a businessman or businesswoman. He can, he can do things that no man can do because the devil is a lie. God's got a plan for your life. Would you shout amen? I felt this so strong this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 it says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have, have entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Father, thank you for your word. Anoint us to speak the word now. Anoint the people to hear the word in the name above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I believe the moment that one is born again in Christ Jesus, the seed of divine purpose begins to grow and take form in the womb of your spirit. And the seed of God's word hits the egg of faith and you are impregnated with something that is not of this world. Something that's formed in heaven. A word that is spoken over you. I personally believe 
by, by the, the, the Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians chapter two, I believe that God in heaven, I believe with all of my heart, spoke the mysteries of God over your life. That when God made the earth, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that there was something spoke over everyone that would be born of woman. That's why abortion is so wrong because God has a plan for everyone. I don't care if it's rape. I don't care what it is. I want you to know James Robinson would not be with us today if that had been the case. What I'm trying to help you understand is God has a purpose and a plan. When, the, when life begins, there's a purpose and a plan for that life, and no one can do what that life can do because God has a plan for every individual under the sound of my voice. Can somebody say amen? And so the seed, the, the DNA of heaven's plan begins to form in your life. The seed of God's word begins to uh, take form. And the seed, the DNA of heaven's plan, the DNA of heaven's plan, get a hold of that. And everything you need to accomplish the divine plan, to fulfill that, it, it comes into, into play when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost in fire. The baptism in the Holy Ghost after your salvation is what is able to equip you because God the Holy Spirit was with God the Father and God the Son there at the creation and heard God speak over everything that would ever be spoke over in every life and knows and has the ability to bring those plans in your life. That's why you and I, when we don't know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to pray because he's got the design for your life. Come on, God. Give God a shout of praise right now. Now, everything you need is in the Holy Spirit once you're saved. And immediately there's a war over the seed that's inside you. You may wonder why you're fought so hard to serve the Lord. You may wonder why you're fought so hard over that little bitty 10%. That little bitty 10%. 10%. A lot of us don't even pay any attention about when they say 10% off. Big deal. You know why? Because it ain't much. But we, 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 we balk over those things. I'm going to say something that's going to go cross-grain to religious traditions. Hell is not fighting you over your eternal soul. He's not after your soul. I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to the church. He's not after your soul. Hell's not fighting you to keep you from heaven. He already lost that battle when you came to Calvary. When you said yes to Jesus, you walked an aisle or stood and prayed the prayer with, with the minister, the Bible says God is able to keep that which is committed to him against that day. God can keep you and keep your salvation. Would somebody say amen? And when God begins a good work in you, he is faithful and just to, to complete that work and to finish that work. We talked about that this morning. And the devil's not after your soul. He's after your purpose. He's after that thing on the inside of you that drives the devil mad while when he thinks about what God has placed on the inside of you. It's not all about eternity. It's not all about heaven and hell. That's done. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment shall be condemned by their own judgment. And that is the heritage of the Lord, the Bible says. If God be for me, then who in the world can be against me? The battle is not mine, but the battle is the Lord's. And he is able to keep me from falling. The righteous man falls seven times and keeps on getting up. I'm telling you, once you come to Christ Jesus, he's lost that battle. I mean, I, I was in the church that preached you had to get saved every time you thought something bad. And, and, and every time that we had church, the altars were full because people were running down there and they had no confidence in their salvation. You don't have to run to the altar every time you make a mistake. There's grace in Jesus Christ. It'll cover multitude of sin. You got to say, I've learned from that situation. That's not what I am. I am not a, I am not a hog that enjoys the mud. I'm a sheep and I fall in the mud. I can't stand it until it's all washed off. The devil lost the battle when you came to Jesus Christ. It's not about heaven and hell in the saved life. It's about the soul winner that's on the inside of you. 
Listen to me, young man and young woman. It's about the warrior that's on the inside of you. It's about a connection with God. I don't know how it is, but that woman right there has a connection in prayer that I don't have. I wish I had. She comes into her prayer closet and immediately, it's not long where she can be dancing and praising God all through her little prayer closet. It's our bedroom. I can't even go in our bedroom when she begins to pray. All of a sudden, heaven lights up and I, I come in the house and I can feel the presence of God. I don't have that hookup, but she's got that purpose in her life, that gift that's in her life. And, and I, I preached at the at ICM uh, Awards show this just a few months ago. And, and uh, the one woman that loved my preaching was Johnny Cash's little sister. And she's 88 years old. And she said, son, you keep preaching. And she turned around to my wife, never met her before in, in, in her life, and said, honey, you, quit, you, you never quit praying. You see, there's a purpose in you. There's a warrior in you. There's a soul winner in you. There's, some, there's something on the inside. There's a gift. There's a, a, a healing in your life. Some will have the gifts of healing like nobody else. And, and, and listen, there, there's a gift in you. There's a gift in your children. That's so important, mom and dad. The way you walk your life right now, it's how your sons and daughters are going to walk. You see, I can preach, and they can come to the altar, and they can be moved by the Spirit, but they don't. I don't move you. Pastor does not move you. No evangelist will move you like your mom and dad moves you you. Listen, mom and dad, you have more authority and more power in the lives of your children. We just get them once or twice a week and you have them all week long. Listen, you've got to protect the gifts and the callings and the purpose of God in the lives of your children. And that's why we can't watch everything that comes on television. That's why we don't allow our kids to go to the things that the world goes to and do those kind of things because there's too much God in their life and God has a purpose in their life. Whew, I feel possessed this morning. It's about the deliverer that's on the inside of you, that's sleeping on the inside of you that's about to wake up. It's about the, the, the prisoner. It's about the homeless one. It's about the one sleeping under the bridge. It's about the alcoholic that's lost his hope, that's just waiting for your testimony that only you can give them. Like your pastor talks about in basketball area, he's able to, to minister to, to those in that area and God anointed him and that's the purpose that God had in his life and I, I, no doubt how hell tried to mess that up and how hell tried to mess me up because God had purpose. My family was singing all across the country. While they were singing all across the country, I was in, I was in bars singing in nightclubs. I was going the wrong direction and the purpose of God was on the inside of me but I thank God that God reached down by the power of the Holy Spirit and brought me out of the nightclub and brought me to church and brought me down an aisle and I found Jesus Christ as Savior and God put plans in my life. His plan, His purpose, His DNA. On the, how many in this house of God want the DNA of heaven in your life? More than anything else in this world. Now listen, hell is not after your soul. He's after the seed that God has placed in you the seed of purpose. Hell's after what you carry. I might not be much, but if you could just see what I carry, what's on the inside of me. I'm, I'm 64 years of age, and I'm just getting started. I'm going to tell you something. You ain't heard the last of Mike Leitner. I'm not saying that in a boastful way. I'm just simply saying I am yielded to God. And, and you know, I had no, I was going to finish it out. I said, I'm going to finish out, you know. I, ha I had singers, I mean, very famous singers, that have Dove Awards and everything coming in and say, you need to sing. I said, I'm a preacher. You need to sing. I said, I'm a preacher. I said, we have, too many, we have too many preachers trying to sing. And they said, but yeah, but you're a preacher that sings. I thought, well, I can do that. And all of a sudden, God began to put stuff into my life that I didn't even know was there. And every day of my life, I'm finding out something else that, Something else is there. When I walked off of that, that platform, now think about me. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. Been there, been faithful. I, I, I mean, I've been wiping noses and, and changing diapers. I've been mowing yards. I've been doing everything that a pastor does, getting a church started. I've done all those things. And for years, I've been caring about everybody else. But when, when, they, when they call the names of the, the male vocalist of the year, and I'm, I'm talking about Mike Manuel there, Chuck Day is there, uh, James Payne is there, and, and all kinds of great men that, that's written many songs and very famous written Midnight Cry and all that kind of stuff and they mentioned my name and you know what I did? <laughs> and you know whose name they called? Mike Leitner. 
I slumped down in my chair all the way down. You couldn't even see the top of my eyes. And those great men, I, I told you about coming, pulling me out. I said, no, son, you deserve this. It wasn't that I deserved it. It was God's plan and God's purpose in my life. I'm trying to tell somebody something today. It's not about who you are. It's about who God says you are. Would you shout amen? It wasn't who I was when I was with uh, four other dudes in a little Datsun uh, 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 four-speed, uh, four-door little car, and we were up on the mountains in, in San Diego, California, and we were all smoking dope, and we were going around the top of those mountains, and, and, and we'd let one guy drive all the way down, and we'd see how close we'd get to the cliffs, and, and we would slide through the cliffs, and, I mean, it's a, a drop-off uh, several hundred, Hundred feet everywhere and thousands of feet one place and just going around there and, and we go down the bottom and go back up and somebody else take the wheel and we're all loaded out of our mind. I thought, why didn't I die? I'll tell you why I didn't die because God had seed and God had purpose in my life. And I want you to know that no matter what you're trying to do, get away from mom and daddy's God, that God's got his hand on you and the devil cannot have you. Give God, give God a shout right now. I mean, driving like a maniac and, and, and getting off of the highway and, and loaded out of my mind and, 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 and the wheels and the axles fall off of my car and God spoke to my ear and said, I, I, I'm trying to protect you for something that I have for you. And I kept running from God, losing a 36-foot travel trailer that, that, that came off of, of, our, of our, it went out of control and, and it looked like we were going to die. The wheel janked out of my hand because we couldn't afford, the churches wasn't giving us big enough offerings to afford tires and our tires were bald and I slipped over in the other lane and here comes a semi right toward me. I mean, as close as that sound booth and all I could do is say, Jesus, and all of a sudden the wheel came back in my hand. I shot back over and I went on down. I thought, God must have plans for me somewhere. It wasn't just me. It was my wife sitting there. It was my son that's a preacher and, 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 and setting up youth ministers all across the nation. And my daughter that is a great children's pastor. It was so much sitting in there. You see, the bike gang that came to the motel room when D and I was in the Marines. And we, we took a long trip with, in the chopper that I had. And we went to a motel room in, in the back alley somewhere, somewhere in California. And a bike gang kicked down the door. And as they kicked down the door, I, I realized I was the only thing between me and my wife that they wanted and I stepped in and I, I grabbed a, a whiskey bottle that I had and, and I broke it and I was going to protect it and all of a sudden somebody in the back said no we got the wrong room boys and they were all mad and aggravated you know why because that was my mama's prayer saying God protect my boy it was God's purpose in my life I'm, yeah, I'm trying to tell somebody that God's protected you know what I'm talking about you know who I'm talking to right now that God has brought you through thing after thing after thing I could have gone on in my life and died in my sins but God had purpose in my life. How many can say, I've been there? Mm -hmm. It was not about who I was. Hell was after. It was who I was to become. Who I was to become. Till the moment I was born again, Satan was trying to get me to hell, but the moment I was born again, hell had to, had to collide with a revelation who had, of who God had called me to be. Amen. That's why he tried so hard to keep me from being in church. And that's why he tried so hard to keep you from being here. Because he knows as soon as the seed of God's word hits the egg of faith in your spirit. Destiny begins to form in the womb of your spirit. If hell would have known all that God had in me, he would have fought me harder to keep me from that little free world Baptist church. And keep me from that altar. But the moment I was born again. I begin to ask God for my city. I begin to ask God for nations. And I begin to ask God for souls. Thousands have come to God. And thousands more will come because of what God had in that crazy boy. Satan didn't want Job's sheep. Satan didn't want Job's camels and his, ho his horses, his land. He, he, he didn't want Job. He didn't want anything from Job but his purpose. That's all he wanted. He hit Job with all of hell's fury, with divine permission. All the fury of hell came and touched his flesh and his house, his land, and took his kids, but it never got his purpose. You say, that doesn't make me feel very good. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The God that brought him in is the God that brought him out. Ooh, 
If there's hell broke loose in your life, it's because daddy has loosed it in your life and allowed you to understand what the enemy is all about. If you want that, you can have it. But as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord and have God's purpose. Won't you give God a shout of praise? The Bible said Job still held fast his integrity. Let me break that down in the Greek. It said Job still held his purpose. He held his calling. You see, I know going the easy way looms big for some. It's not, not bucking up is a lot easier. No sacrifice, no, no, no hard work, no commitment, no accountability. But I want you to remember this over your children. That water follows the least path of resistance. They won't follow your pastor. They'll follow you. They'll follow you. You see, here's what hell is thinking over your life right now. What if that thing ever gets out? Whatever that, what, 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 what happens if the water breaks and the destiny is birthed in their life? What happens? What happens? No matter how great or how small it may be, hell fears that. He fear, fears what is laying up inside of you, son. He does. Daughter. He fears that. He doesn't fear anything else as much as knowing it. That somebody else is going to be raised. Another Catherine Kuhlman is going to be raised up. Another Billy Graham is going to be raised up. No matter how great or how small, hell fears that because it was conceived by God himself. No eye has seen it. No ear has ever heard it. No mind of man has ever comprehended. God says what I have planned for you. One translation says, made and kept ready for you. I believe with all of my heart that God has a purpose and God has a DNA in you and God has something so great on the inside of you and it's right there on the inside. And, and though you have not looked toward him and you're not sold out 100% to him, God has still got that purpose. He's got that plan and he's waiting for you to say yes to him. His purpose and his plan. Satan's mission is to keep you from 100% commitment to God. When you have 100% commitment to God, tithe is not a problem. I don't know why I'm dealing with this, but maybe God does. And you don't know the blessed life until you understand God's tithe. And offerings. Give God a shout of praise right there. You never understand it. Never. I'm talking about 100% commitment. My money, God, my job, my children, my marriage, my wife, my husband, everything, God, is, is you. 100% committed to you. And that's why he's tried to keep you from 100% commitment. Satan's mission is to abort God's purpose in you. Look at the greatest illustration in the Bible. His name is Joseph. He dreamed a dream, which was his call and his purpose. He was thrown in a pit immediately by his brothers, sold into slavery and put into prison and raised. But, but in prison, God raised him to prominence. And, and he raised him to prominence. And he ruled at the right hand of power. Why was hell so against this little skinny boy? Because of what was in him, because of his mission. He was set to reign on the throne and save the entire nation of Israel, and the Messiah's seed was on the line. You see, hell was after Abraham. He was after him because of his faith, because Abraham was to become the father of faith, the one that had such great faith that believed God that he would take his son to Mount Moriah, lay him on the altars, and when the son said, I, I see I see the, the fire, and I, I see the knife, but I don't see the sacrifice, he said, God will provide for himself 
a sacrifice, and immediately there was a ram caught in a thicket. That ram made its way. Think about that. It took that ram uh, maybe a week to make its way to that one place to get stuck at that right place because God had purpose and God had a plan, but hell was trying to keep him from that plan. Moses was to be uh, the deliverer and raised up as a standard for you and I. We are deliverers to save our nation and see them come to Christ. And he was after the purpose of Moses. He was after David because David was to establish the throne of the coming Messiah. He was after Jesus because Jesus was to sit upon the throne and have the kingdom with no end. He's after you because you're to reign as priests and kings upon, upon planet earth. He's not fighting you over your soul, church. He's not. The fight you've been in is not over your soul. He doesn't care because he's going to hell anyway. Sayonara. That's Greek. He must stop your mission. He's got to stop your mission. Tens of thousands, have been, he's been successful in stopping their mission. I want to ask you today that the praised man would come back. I want to ask you today, what about your mission? Look, look right at me. What about your mission? What is on the inside of you that hell is so concerned about? What is your mission in life? What is that thing that is in you that hell tries so hard to keep you from a complete commitment to him, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? My little grandmother was 16 years of age when she walked into the primitive Baptist church in the hills of Arkansas. There's a revival going on in those days. They would... When they was going to give their life to Christ, they would come and take the preacher by the hand to make their confession to Christ. My little grandmother had begun to date my grandfather, which was a white lightning runner. <laughs> and she kind of stepped away from the faith of her mom and daddy, and she was kind of a little bit in the world. But that day in that revival meeting at Drake's Creek Primitive Baptist Church, she walked up and took that preacher by the hand. And she made her confession to Christ. They said she shouted all over that building. I don't know if you know what a shouter is. I was raised in a church in the Free Will Baptist Church where I, you had to watch out for flying bobby pins. They used to have that hair up, whirl up high, and they would, they would put it in and roll it up at night with toilet paper. But they would shout. My little grandmother said she shouted. She danced all over that place. I said, well, what did you do, Grandma? What kind of dance did she have? She said, I did the Charleston, son. But she rejoiced, and they said she spoke and rejoiced over her children and her children's children and children's children and what would be. Seven churches come out of that woman. Seventeen preachers come out of that woman. And more women of God with great power in their life. And a singing group called the Singing Ledbetter Family that took the gospel all across the nation and saw tens of thousands of people come to Jesus Christ all because she realized her purpose was to be the mother she should be. She wasn't an evangelist. She wasn't a preacher. She wasn't a singer. She was a prayer warrior and she was a mother. And she saw purpose in God in her life when she gave her life to God and she gave her hand to the Lord. That purpose and plan came in her life. It was at her knees that I knelt when I backslid and gone away from God. I knelt on my knees and she prayed this prayer. Hell or high water, sink or swim. Here's my yesterday, here's my today, and here's my tomorrow. I give you forever, yes. You are my God, and I'll serve you the longest day that I live. And I prayed that prayer. You know what? 
That's been 43 years ago. And my son is 43 years of age. He's standing in my pulpit with purpose in his life, vision in his life, and a burden for the teenagers, and a burden for the, for the nation, and a burden for souls. And his daughter is standing by his side. His daughter has already stood in for him, ministering in the, in the youth. I'm trying to tell you that what you have today, the decision you make today, will affect you all the way down through your generations. And today, she's in heaven. God allowed her to live nearly 93 years of age. She was 92 when she died, but she laid there on that hospital bed. All of her family come around, and she spoke a word over all of her family. And she said, this is what I see for you. She spoke, and then she just went to sleep. And today is in heaven. What is God's plan in your life? What is God's purpose? I feel this burning in my soul today. What is His purpose in your life? I wonder today how many will just stand to your feet and say, God, I surrender to your purpose in my life. Just stand to your feet right now, right where you are. God, I surrender. Don't do it unless you mean it. I, I surrender, God, to your purpose in my life. Here's my yesterday. Here's my today. And here's my tomorrow. I surrender to your purpose right now. In Jesus' lovely name, with all in my heart, I have made my decision. Father, in Jesus' name, pray this prayer with me out loud. Are you ready? Father, I come to you. Say it loud. Father, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And I understand that you have a purpose for me. You have a plan for me. And God, in Jesus' name, I receive your plan and your purpose. I will push out anything in my life that stands in the way of your purpose for me. I want you to give me what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what's never entered the mind of any man. I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Here's my yesterday. Here's my today. And here's my tomorrow. I belong to you. I give you forever yes. Make it happen in my life. Now give the Lord a shout of praise in this house. Come on, church. Give him a shout of praise in the house of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. How many glad you come to church this morning? Woo! Come on, D. Come on. Just get your stuff. Come here. I want you to meet the prettiest woman in the world. Okay. To me. This is my better half right here. And I, 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 I tell you what, I get up here and I get singing and, and, I, and I get under the an anointing and I forget all about everything, but I meant to introduce my wife. But she is my prayer partner and I want to just introduce this is D Lightner. I believe that the greatest privilege that we have, my husband and I, is. When a pastor will open a pulpit and with good faith in what God has in our lives, allow us to be a part of you. And I mean that with all that I am. We're grateful to be here this morning and to know that God has purpose for us to be here, to be a part of what God is doing in your lives and that together we have a vision to see the kingdom of God advance the kingdom of God open wide and draw more in to know who he is and to see Jesus Christ alive in the, in the eyes of people in their lives and know that they're moving under the unction of the Holy Ghost. I'm so grateful for him this morning and I'm thankful for all that he has planned and throughout this day knowing that he has a plan yet throughout this afternoon who knows what he has for you to experience and then to bring you back tonight and who knows what others are going to experience in his name. I did bring the things up to show you a little bit about what's on our table out there. I don't like commercials. Maybe you're like me and you fast forward. And so I, I don't call this a commercial. I call this letting you know what it is that God has given us because I believe it gives you something. It's to get it to someone else. And he wants us to share the good things he's put in us. My husband has all of his, his ministry CDs out there, and, and I know that, that you want them because they'll touch you. 
They've touched me. They've touched people all over the nation. And that's what music is for, to draw us into God, to draw others to the Lord, and, and then to be able to worship Him in the midst of it all. So, And they're all different ones, and we can tell you what's on all of them. There's one out there that we haven't told about. That's the weather vane. That's our son and the youth group, our grandsons on that. There were, there were, it is tremendous. It's a, it's a powerful and uh, a get with it kind of praise and worship. I was driving last week and I had this on in my car and I'll tell you this quickly. I went and uh, I, I started praising the Lord and just worshiping, having a wonderful time. And then it come to this song where he said, everybody jump. Well, I'm in the car and I can't jump, but I sure felt like jumping. And I just started praising the Lord with my hand hitting the top of the car. And then I got home and I called him. I said, honey, listen, I had weather vane on and I was praising God. And you come to that part where you said jump and I wanted to jump and I wanted to run and I couldn't do either one. So I just drove faster. <laughs> Made me feel good. <laughs> so you might want that. And let me tell you about the books. This book, there, it's two books in one. It's holy desperation on one side. And the Lord gave me this one. This is my testimony. God came. When I was saved, it was a true conversion. You know, sometimes people act like they know Jesus, but they aren't truly converted because he's not number one in their life. And when I came to him, I found someone I didn't even know existed. I'd been raised in, in a family where my mom took me to a nominal church where uh, I didn't even know there was a born-again experience. I'd never heard the term. And my dad took me to Catholic Mass with him on the holidays. I didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. And when I found him, oh, I found the reality of life. <laughs> Bless the Lord, the reality of life. And I've never wanted to back up or have anything except him and more and more and more of him and more of his presence and more of who he is. And that's how I found the power of the Holy Ghost just on my knees praying and didn't even know what happened to me. And here he came and rushed in, well, bless God, on my life. And we need so much more of the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the power that takes us out into the world with the anointing and the unction to do the things that God wants us to do. It's not us ourselves, it's him in us. And when we let him flow, it's just like on our way down here from Kansas. We saw floodwaters on the both sides of the road all the way. And when we got down here, I thought floodwaters that were destructive. But there's a flood that can come out of a person with a power of the spirit that's not destructive. It is anointing to all good things in life. And we must have more of him and hunger for him and let the power and the purpose of God get in us. And then move under the unction of who he is. Oh, thank you, Lord. Anyhow, that's what holy desperation was. That's what I had, a holy desperation, and he filled me. And then you flip it over, and on the other side, you get another book. It's two in one. This is Most Holy Faith, where my husband brings all of the word out, everything that pertains to the Holy Ghost, because you pray in most holy faith, building up yourselves. In most holy faith, you pray in tongues. And then there's the preparation of a wineskin. My boys... Uh, my my husband, all, all three of the guys, now my grandson, four of them, they're all hunters. And they like to hunt. That's their... <sighs> He's a mess. <laughs> uh, they, they, they all hunt. And, my, and so our son-in-law tied his hand at taxidermy. And he was telling me about it. He said, Mom, listen, there's, there's so many steps. And you go, and there's, there's this, and there's that, and there's the other. And it's all preparing for the tanning. It's all preparing that, that skin. And I said, that sounds like a wineskin. And immediately the Lord gave me the thought for this book, The Preparation of a Wineskin. We are a wineskin. We are being prepared by the different things that come into our lives, things that we experience, whether they're good or they're bad. God uses them for good to prepare the wineskin that we are to carry the new wine of the Holy Ghost of heaven. And so that's what this is about, and it's all sorts of people that I knew, things that have happened, and how God brought good out of them so that we can stand up and we can say, Devil, you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. And so these things are just for you, to bless you. Thank you. Amen. Be seated for just a minute. I guess I'm supposed to follow that up somehow. Amen. <laughs> How many got something this morning? 
about your purpose. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.